never know what to do when these start, buddy. But <laughs> hey, welcome into a the, another edition that SEC podcast live edition sponsored by Twisted Tea. Shane, cracking yeah. the beer open already. How's it going, brother? Oh man, was that a little premature there? My bad. <laughs> Doing good. I've been staring at I've been staring at this beer for like five minutes. I'm like, I gotta get this party started. So I'm doing great, brother. How you? Hey, I'll say, man. Hey, we mm-hmm. made it. It's game week, huh? It is. <laughs> and we were just talking about that, Shane. I'm going to throw up this lovely image of Vanderbilt Stadium here. I was just pointing out Ooh. the fact that hey, they've painted the end zones. They're gearing up for the college football season, week zero, Hawaii Vanderbilt. Um, I don't, I don't understand why Vanderbilt people were so upset. I was just letting them know it's game day week. The the end zones painted. I mean, it, this. This is progress right here, baby. <laughs> looks great. Oh, it looks great, Mike. It looks awesome. And I, I, I put out a little meme there, me standing by the fence watching a free game. You know, it's like it's like high school ball again. So, hey, I love it. I know. I get it, Vandy. Calm down. Progress takes time. But, damn, come on now. Like yeah. the end zone's what we're working on when the season starts. So uh I'd like this I'd like to see the schedule here. But no, hey, it's gonna look good when it's all said and done, brother. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, hey, we got camp updates. Shane, we had scrimmages all across mm-hmm. the SEC. Camps are winding down. It's basically the end of camps uh, all across the SEC, Shane, because we're we're essentially in game week here right. uh, for a lot of teams here. So uh, we'll get to that in just a minute, but uh, something that you threw out, I don't know, when was it? Friday, maybe it was, uh, of course, it's been everywhere, and it's yeah. a, that new Netflix documentary coming yeah. out. I think it's called Swamp Kings about uh, Urban Myers led Florida when they won those championships, and that sent me down a rabbit hole, Shane, of watching Tebow and Percy Harvin highlights, and yeah. this weekend I rewatched the, uh, what was it? I may be off on the years, but I think it was 2008-2009 SEC championship games where it was Alabama, Florida. Florida won the first one, won the national championship. Alabama won the second, and that was the beginning of Saban's dynasty. But then I threw it out there, Shane, and I wanted to ask you this, let the listeners kind of debate, but – and there's no – Right or wrong answer here, but oh, there uh, he is, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes of the beholder here. <laughs> You're going to piss off one of the fan bases right now. <laughs> right, right. So, who do you got, Shane? The best Urban Meyer Florida team against the best Kirby Smart Georgia team, and most people think the 08 Florida team. That, now they lost to Ole Miss, but uh, they they won the rest of their games, won the national championship. Yeah, Georgia. I mean, hell, I mean, there, there's many teams you could pick from, but most people seem to go with the 21 team, the team that uh, they actually didn't go undefeated. They lost to Alabama in the SEC championship, mm-hmm. but still won the national championship. They won the one that mattered. Or you could say last year, Georgia, I guess, going undefeated. I, I don't know where you stand on that, but the real question, Shane, who would win the best Urban Meyer Florida team or the best Kirby Smart Georgia team? And let's – Let's just play this game in Jacksonville. You know that's where they want to play. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dude, this is a tough one. And I went round and round because, like you said, the question, you've got to figure out which team was the best team. And, and uh, hell, you could even argue that the best Florida team didn't even win a national championship if, if you're looking at it that way. So I look at pieces. I look at players. And I think that's what this game would come down to. 
uh, you look at Florida when you got somebody like Percy Harvin and you got mm-hmm. Tim Tebow at quarterback and whew, I mean that the Pouncey twins up front. Come on yeah. now, the the two of the best cornerbacks to ever play. Florida Gators had some dudes, man. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Georgia and you're like, that, <laughs> that may be the best damn defense I've ever seen in my life, you know. Yep. And and then you try to piece them together and. I guess when it came down to it, I wanted to go Florida Gators so bad. I really did. I, I tried to – in fact, I when I first saw it, that's the first thing that came to my mind. It's like, Florida Gators got to win this thing. But then I think about games like Ole Miss. I think about that Arkansas game. I think about some stumbles that they made along the way. Not that, not that you know, Georgia's been any dif- different, but I think at a national stage, a national championship game mm-hmm. – I'm gonna go with them dogs. <laughs> I think de- I think it's gonna come down to defense. Uh, and, and brother, that 21 team especially was a freaking curtain, man, a blanket. Now, you know, you could argue. I mean, there's gonna be people. You gotta remember, even Cam Newton was on this team for a little bit. So, yeah. uh, you could make that argument, but man, I just I don't know. I in these moments, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lean a little more toward the defense. Well, it's interesting, Shane, because when I, I threw that out there Friday evening, and by the end of Friday, Georgia was the pick by uh, you, know, you know my followers, and then but the polls on Twitter last for twenty four hours. So by the end of that twenty four hours, it had flipped. Florida was the pick, but just by a, I think it was only fifty four percent over ten thousand people voted. So yeah, it just goes to show how difficult that is, and and it really it's not a fair question because we don't know some of these Georgia players, how good they are in the NFL. And some people foolishly, I think they judge like Tim Tebow on what he did in the NFL. Yeah. That's not not what I'm talking about. This this is college football. And I mean, you could have your arguments for whoever you think is the best quarterback in sec history, but it's not a legitimate discussion. If Tim Tebow is not at least mentioned, I'm not saying he is the best, but he's got to be in your top five, top 10 of of any legitimate list. So what he did in the NFL is irrelevant, but I get uh, so many defenders on that team went on to go to the NFL. So maybe that could skew some opinions as well, but I just thought that was a fun little debate. Yeah. And, and this glad- game, this game probably comes down to like 14, 10, you know, it's it <laughs> because don't forget the Florida Gators had a hell of a defense too. And, and, and yeah. when you're looking at it, one thing I will say about like the 08, it, it's they, they beat a lot of really good teams that year. Um, if you look at it, I, I can't remember the stat exactly, but look at the end of the season, how many, the, the schedule that Florida had, especially like LSU, and I believe they had Auburn that year. You know, these were two teams that finished the season with 11 wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look at the East, I think uh, uh, four or five of them finished with eight plus wins that year. So they weren't going against cupcake teams. And that could be your argument because, both Georgia teams did go against some maybe lackluster opponents. So I don't know, man, more mm. I talk, talk about this the more I'm thinking about the Florida Gators because <laughs> you think about Jordan Reed. I mean, the, you know, Aaron Hernandez, I mean, say what you want. Things didn't work out in the NFL, but I mean, he was a hell of a player in college. Yeah. It was awkward as hell seeing him making plays and being like, Oh, they also had uh, that receiver Riley. Oh yeah, Riley you know, Cooper. And, and he, yeah. had, he had his own issues, but again, another solid. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was the, the most popular response. Shane was well, we got some guys at speed, 
and we yeah. got some murderers. So I mean, who's the tougher <laughs> one? I mean, I, that kind of goes without saying. But and you could you could say what if Kirby may not have the best team yet. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's still got plenty of time to, uh, who knows that roster he has right now may be the best team we've ever seen. So mm-hmm. that, I, I don't think that chapter is completed yet, but you got two coaches, urban Meyer. I, I, I can't remember the article exactly, but I think urban Meyer said the Oh eight was the best team that he has ever coached. And you got to remember he's coached some dudes up in Ohio state and yep. you know, so it, He's he's coached some some animals, and I I think that was the reference was he he goes it's like caged animals you just let them loose and they and and somehow they manage to just dominate so God the ifs and buts man hey we got to talk about <laughs> fake football games Mike we got real football games this week <laughs> yeah well let's th- uh, shout out uh, Joshua Thurman here Shane huge Gamecock fan. If we can shock everyone, go 3-0. and He says he's going to the Tennessee game, and he wants to sit with Cousin <laughs> Shane. How about that? Absolutely. Oh, man, you were talking about – I had to mute that conversation, Mike. Uh, you, you put a video out talking about – you cut it a little short. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you could have let that thing play out a little bit more. I did talk about South Carolina thinking that they were going to beat Tennessee as well. But anyway – South Carolina is pumped up, and and rightfully so, brother. And I'll tell you, this fan base, my God, man, you you pitch one of them, you pinched them all. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) they're ready. Gamecock Nation is ready for some wins. And, yes, I would love to sit with you and drink some cold beers. And uh, I won't say who's going to win, but – We'll we'll just guess, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jade, uh, let's get into it here. Georgia, of course, uh, Kirby Smart. This was not really news in our mind at all, but Carson Beck named the starting quarterback as expected here. So let's kick it over to uh, Kirby, what he had to say on on why uh, Carson Beck was the man for the job down there in Athens. Yeah, Coach, you've obviously had quarterback battles go well into camp in years prior. Last year, you had a kind of a known starter coming into the year. Is there any difference, you know, in knowing who your guy is versus having an open competition like this going into week one? Uh, yeah, there's there's a difference uh, between last. I mean, last year Stetson was our starting quarterback. You know, um, uh, Carson Beck is is going to be our starting quarterback. He's 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 done the best job. Uh, we've communicated that. Uh, earlier in the week to the other quarterbacks and we've kind of been operating uh, that way and the other guys uh, have done a tremendous job in terms of competing um, and they're they're going to continue to do that you know we haven't said anything in terms of who the second quarterback is or how those reps are going to be divvied up but uh, Carson is is ahead of the other guys in terms of what he understands about the offense Um, I'll be honest with you I was really impressed with the other two quarterbacks throughout camp, how far they've come in terms of improvement. Uh, Coach Bobo has done a great job uh, with those guys, and uh, they both made a lot of plays with their feet and done some good things. Carson's been in this offense, uh, you know, for a year over one of them and two years over uh, over Gunner, and uh, he's just ahead. So uh, he'll be our starting quarterback. As far as the other guys, I'm I'm excited. Uh, to see those guys hopefully have an opportunity to play, compete. They'll be able to go with the ones here in the next two weeks uh, some and get more reps and, and figure out, uh, even if we if we have a two, you know, who, who that's going to be and how it's going to go forward. So does that change anything for you, Shane, now that we know for a fact who's going to be leading the charge for the Georgia Bulldogs out the gate at quarterback? No, I, I think we all knew <laughs> this was a guy – you know, the one thing that changed was I'd never seen his face before. 
And boy, his face went viral real quick, didn't it? You know, it's like, yeah. I had no idea. For some reason, we all knew who quarterback one was, but outside of Athens, nobody's ever seen uh, Beck in, in person. So this is, uh, this is great. And, and it's so funny watching these court, these coaches come out and crown their guy. They'll spend 80% of the time re-recruiting the guys that didn't get the starting job. Just <laughs> hang in there, boys. Your time's a coming well, until the next recruiting class comes in. <laughs> right. And again, I'm not trying to poke fun of the schedule or anything here because that's been done to death, but with UT Martin and Ball State right out the gate, we're going to see all three of these quarterbacks. Yeah. So I'm not sitting here saying Carson Beck isn't the guy because clearly he is. But, you know, if Brock Vandegrift comes out here and scores 10 touchdowns in the first two games, you know, maybe he's your starter going into South Carolina. But this will play itself out. Uh, again, they've had the the advantage of going up against Georgia's defense. And if, if they can perform well in practice against them, you all three of these quarterbacks, you know they're going to kick the – you know, hell out of uh, UT Martin and Ball State. Yeah, I, I will say we've. I don't got the spreads on these two games, but I'm telling you, one thing I'm going to do is take the over. And the reason is because Kirby has a tendency to be a little bit more conservative. Right. You know, keep the score down, try to keep his guys healthy. But like you said, I think there's a couple dudes on this roster that still he'd like to see in game game action. So don't don't be surprised if they're not airing it out still in the third quarter, even though they got a five <laughs> five touchdown lead. <laughs> well, one sh team shed. I know that you can't wait to see, and they're actually playing Thursday as well. It's not just Florida, but uh, the Missouri Tigers. They wrapped up spring. Oh, excuse me, fall camp here, getting into mm -hmm. game week. And there's still some debate. Who's it going to be? Brady Cook, Sam Horn. It sounds like uh, Jake Garcia, the Miami transfer, is a, is a for sure number three in this quarterback competition. So it sounds like, and, and they're going to play both of them. So let's kick it over to Eli talking to quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think in the past, um, we announced a starter and, and, uh, you know, I think right now we're in a situation where it's a continual battle, but, uh, we want to let people continue to grow and develop and not have that pressure of, Hey, we have to have this decision made at this point. I think it's, you know, this day and age in college football, I think you could very easily see a couple quarterbacks play in the first couple of games and let the play on the field decide it. Um, you know, we, we got to know a little bit more about some of our other quarterbacks on Friday when we went live with them. Um, and, you know, some of the plays that uh, Brady will make when he's live. Um, and same thing with, with Sam. There's a couple of plays he extends and makes throw, throws uh, down the field that, that he makes just because he's such a big body. So we'll, 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 we'll see both of them, I anticipate, in the first game and then kind of play it from there. All right, Shane, so we're going to let this play out here. Sam Horn, everyone's fired up to see what he can actually do in a, a meaningful football game. Let Brady cook. You know, maybe if he's fully healthy, maybe he really is the answer. But, you know, I still see it, Shane, with these Missouri fans. They're still they're very hesitant to go all in on Brady Cook. Uh, what's yeah. your thoughts on, on the fact that we're going to be seeing both of these guys uh, once the season starts? I guess encouraging or discouraging, you know. I, I obviously I was in the Cook, I was in the Brady camp. I, I thought, hey, he's gonna he's gonna take that step forward. This is his year. But Sam's been right on his heels, and, and you know we got to see a little footage, very small footage of them in in camp there in the dome the other day, and 
and Sam, man, Sam looked good. Sam had a little zip on it. And, you know, it's, the, Mizzou is going to go as far as this quarterback position could go. And and that's my – I guess that's my hesitation is Brady's had an opportunity. You know, he he's had an opportunity to create a non-quarterback competition. He could have he could have seized that opportunity last year, and he didn't. He squandered it a few times. So maybe we should see it in 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 action. Yeah, it's glad you brought the schedule up because they've got an opportunity to kind of figure it out before mm-hmm. the games really start mattering. Yeah, and unfortunately, Shay. So they they open South Dakota and, and Middle Tennessee. Both those games are at home, but neither one of these guys was able to go in the spring. Brady Cook because he was rehabbing his surgery. And then Sam Horn because he got banged up. So it was kind of the Jake Garcia show. And it's just disappointing that after getting all the reps in the spring, Garcia's still running with the third. So that's why I say he's a distant third in this yeah. race in my mind. But whether it was Brady Cook, whether it was Sam Horn, if one of them was able to go in the spring, I feel like they would have a firm grasp on this starting role. And, and they're still obviously playing that out uh, in training camp. So I don't know. It, it almost feels like a missed opportunity there this spring, but there's nothing we can do about that. Same deal. Yeah. This sets up beautifully, though, for both these guys to have legit opportunity to kind of win over the team and prove that in this new offense, they are the, the right quarterback for the job. And I, I think that's important for Missouri. Yeah, because when Drink goes in, he goes all in. And, and I think maybe that was the, the hesitation was crowning a guy last year when he still had some question marks floating around. So I kind of like this approach. Let's let these guys let's, – let's continue. And I, I, you know me, Mike, I hate quarterback competition. But <laughs> it's the one position that that we're going to need some someone to excel, not just win, not just look good out there, not just, you know, eke by a few of these teams. We need blowouts week one and two because that Kansas State game is going to be pivotal, and you cannot come in half-cocked because if you do, you're going to lose. So I, I think this is, a, this is a a very close quarterback race. I can't wait to watch unfold. Yeah, and we got one more clip, Shane. I thought you'd really appreciate this on, on drink because we've said it before. And this seems to be uh, the theme going into the season. They've got a lot to prove. A lot of the, you know, the, the fans, the coaches, the players, everybody. Let's kick it over to drink one more time. Yeah, you know, I've answered this question quite a few times, and and um, I think there's a lot of different ways that. Uh, you can take the STP motto, and I think everybody's got to figure out what what internally motivates them. Um, what what is it that you're putting on your shoulder? What's the chip that you're putting on your shoulder? I think, um, you know, obviously for me, there's a lot of different things, but uh, I, I want to prove people right, and and I want to prove the eight players who chose to come back um, and forfeit, you know, or not forfeit, but choose to not to delay their opportunities in the NFL. I want to choose, you know, I want to. Um, Prove it to the coaching staff that believed uh, enough in our organization, the University of Missouri, to come um, work with us. Uh, I want to prove it to the guys that have been here since I've been here that they were right to have faith and maintain uh, unwavering support. I want to prove it to the fans who've been with us. Um, you know, so I, I just want to prove those people right. And uh, uh, I feel like we've got a really talented football team. I think we're coming together in the right way. I think we've got to. Um, 
transition now from a camp mindset to a one and zero mindset and really focus on uh, the task at hand and the intensity it's going to take. Um, put away the distractions of of um, you know outside noises and influences and the distractions of of what's going to go on downtown and focus on what uh, is important to us, which is the brotherhood and, and next Thursday night. Hmm. Did you see the comments? Anytime yeah. we play drink, it's, I hate Arkansas. that guy. What a dork. <laughs> what a nerd. But I love the message here. It's something to prove. And, and this is, this is a money year for drink and his program. They've got to show significant progress and, and everything sets up as long as they can nail this quarterback competition, they should have a breakout year. Absolutely, Mike. And as as much shit as I've been talking this all offseason, if they do go 10 wins, Drink better not miss my table next year at media days. That's all I'm saying. You know, I didn't even see him running around. He needed to, he needed to come over and at least talk to us. So I'd like I'd like to have a nice oh, what's he drinking? Diet Coke now these days. Yeah, yep. we can drink a Diet Coke together. All right, Chase. Uh, next, let's get down to uh, Alabama where they had another scrimmage and. Sounds kind of, I mean, it just depends on who you speak with, Shane. I mean, some people say Jalen Milrow, you know, it's his job. Ty Simpson looked great, but then, yeah. and then he was looking average. And now the latest buzz, Shane, is uh, they have a true freshman, Dylan Logram, I think is how you say his name. I'm probably butchering that. But apparently he looks the best. But you don't want to just throw a true freshman out there because, I mean, they're trying to win a national championship here. Right. And that, that doesn't mean that he can't see the field this fall, but it would just seem like a mistake to throw that guy out there when you got uh, a couple of players, including I, I've have overlooked Tyler Buckner, who's he started three games for Notre Dame, of course. But whew, let's kick it over to Nick Saban. This is a short one, Shane. This, it, you let me know if this sounds like a guy that's confident in his quarterbacks right now. Uh, Charlie, just with the quarterbacks as a whole, what did you see from that group today? Uh, they all got to play. They all took snaps. They all completed some passes. They all made some throws that weren't as good as they should have been. Um, and they all got sacked. That's what I saw. We got a match. They were there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's, uh, you know, it is what it is. What does that say to you, Nick Saban, with his quarter? I mean, he doesn't want to say anything. Mm, no, I, I, he's not. And, I don't know, brother, but I go back to the Tua Jalen thing. You know, he hates talking about quarterback controversy. <laughs> that's that's not in his DNA, and and he could care less because this year, you know, you've you've heard it from all the all the players. You know, there's going to be an emphasis on that running game. You know, less less impact from that passing attack. So I don't I don't know, man. I I think when you're looking at Alabama. The, the the biggest concern for me is that there's their schedule doesn't it's not like some of these other teams. Week two you're going against Texas, which some think Texas can beat you. So you've got to have this quarterback thing hammered out pretty damn quick. Yeah. Do you think they've got a, a short list in your opinion? Do you think this is a two headed monster here or do you really think this whole four quarterback thing? I think they have no idea, Shane, because they don't have a quarterback. Oof. Now they got a true freshman they like, great. I mean, maybe he's the answer, but I mean, why, why do you frown on that? Why, 
I, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm When's not, the last true freshman to to win anything of significance? Alabama. He's down there right now, just getting an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they don't make freshmen like they used to, Mike. <laughs> Have you ever watched an IMG game? That's a JUCO college, brother. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, and I'm not saying that's where he came. I don't even know where he came from high school, but but it's they're built different. They they perform quicker. So, and I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not saying and I'm not saying crown the freshman here but it's like if you truly have that many concerns about the athletes you got in that room but you're seeing something out of a freshman why wouldn't you why wouldn't you i get it texas week two you can't have it you're worried but back in my mind i'm like well shit if he's if he if he's giving me the best opportunity to win he should be out there on the field yeah i mean i guess the difference though is it'd be different if uh alabama was like a far and away the best team in the SEC. We all know who the best team is and it's Georgia. Right. So you're going to throw you you're going to throw a true freshman at Georgia's defense? I mean, yeah. Good luck. You know what I mean? I mean, I just think he's going to get eaten alive and I think Nick Saban knows that and and again, the expectation is not to go 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 and and lose the SEC championship. The the expectation is to win it all. I mean, this Maybe Nick Saban's last shot. It's probably not. I mean, we always joke about that. But how many more has he got? And do they really want to throw a true freshman out there in a hope and prayer that they can beat an even better team on a neutral field? I don't see it. And I, th- yeah. I think that's the holdup. I don't think it is a freshman. I've just, I that was just saying for argument's sake. If he really is, yeah, you know, I, I think you got to roll with who who gives you the best opportunity to win, not who could help me you know, lose the least, you know, I don't, I well, don't understand something that. Something that Saban also discussed is, you know, he's just lacking experience. And yeah. how do you gain that? You go, you gain that by making mistakes and then you don't make them mistakes anymore. Right. So, I mean, in his indirect way, I think he's saying he's the best player, but we don't have confidence in him to not make mistakes that'll cost us games because again, I mean, I, I feel like a broken record shame, but I don't think this is Alabama of old. This yeah. is an Alabama that the margin of of error is small against Georgia, against LSU, against Tennessee. And if you got a quarterback turning the ball over multiple times a game, you ain't going to beat those teams this year if you're Alabama. How many quarterbacks you think play during that MTSU game? Four, <laughs> three or four. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'll kill them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, they're blue right. Uh, they're, they're in it for a – boy, they got tough, tough schedule, brother. I just started thinking about it. They're, they're basically in the SEC the first couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do – I love this clip too. I mean, this is the epitome of Nick Saban. This is another short one. You know, everybody wants to have fun, but I don't know what's more fun than winning. And I know that if you don't win, not very much fun. So – and there's a price to pl- pay for winning. Uh, there's a price to p- pay to be a leader. Uh, when is fun <laughs> and I, I threw it out there nick saves the most fun coach in the sec but that's because he wins all the damn time you know what yeah absolutely this is the saving i like you know <laughs> this mean ass papal coming up there <laughs> all right Jay, let's kick it all down to arkansas next where they just had their own scrimmage here and uh, sam Pittman sets it up well uh, to recap the final scrimmage of training camp here in Fayetteville. And he, we got two clips here. I'm just going to play one right now, Shane, but he seems pretty damn fired up about this Arkansas team he's got here. I, mean, I think you have to understand too, guys, the format of 
because uh, you, you, I think you, if I'm understanding, you guys want to know who played well and there's a winner and a loser. And uh, if that was the case and we called it, I'd say probably the defense got the better of the offense if you're looking at ones, twos, and threes. You know, I mean, if, if you're doing that. But the format is set up that the offense gets the ball 75 yards away from scoring a touchdown and they've got 10, maybe 11 plays possibility to do it. Uh, so really what we're looking for is uh, making calls, who's physical, who's coming around, who can tackle, uh, who can run the ball, uh, who can catch, things of that nature. And uh, it was about 140 plays, I think, maybe maybe more because we did get the ball back in two minutes. Um, Cam, another highlight, uh, Cam Little kicked a 59-yard field goal today. And uh, I believe he was 100% on his. I think we might have missed one or two with the twos, one with the twos. And Cam was 100. Boy, he's kicking the ball really well. Punted the ball well. Punted the ball really well, both of them, uh, 37 and, and uh, uh, Fletch. So uh, a lot of good things. If I was disappointed in anything, it would be um, the number of times that we got called holding on the edge in uh, – uh, on offense. I think our defense cleaned up their penalties until the very end on, on the last two-minute drill, and we got a couple of holdings on that. But other than that, uh, I thought the defense flew around, played well. We got some of the guys back, Booker. Well, one thing, Shane, I w wanted to finish his thought there for him, but, man, we keep hearing great things, too, about this this Arkansas defensive line. <laughs> Shane jokes and, and calls it the uh, the new steel curtain down there. Yeah, that's right, man. Because every time you, you you talk to an Arkansas fan, they 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 remind you of one other player that's on the defensive <laughs> front you forgot about, you know. So hey, man, this is and it's kind of a telltale sign when you start seeing some of these holding penalties and stuff. It's because somebody's getting their their ass beat around the edge. You know what I'm saying? So yep. so maybe they're onto something here, and and maybe that's why Sam's a little bit. You know, kind of explaining <laughs> how offense and defense works here, and remind us that hey, this is the same team. <laughs> right. So let's kick it over uh, to the to their schedule real quick, Shane. I mean, they have again, they always have a difficult schedule in Arkansas, but I think this is the most manageable one right out the gate with Western Carolina, Kent State, and BYU all at home. It's just so important that they get off to a great start before they get into this gauntlet here. Uh, the, in the middle of their schedule, but uh, just the way they're talking, Shane, the buzz out of Fayetteville. I mean, this could be a special team led by the guy that we think is the best quarterback in the SEC, KJ Jefferson. Um, you know, what's your confidence level that uh, Arkansas can surprise? Not going to surprise their fans, but surprise the rest of the SEC. Because you look at these comments. I mean, it's oh, they'll be at six and six again, yeah. underrated. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, what's the confidence level that you have that Arkansas will have a lot more respect around the SEC by the end of the season? I think they're going to have it at the end of the season, but they're going to have to earn it throughout the season, Mike. Uh, last year, they they got egg on their face, man. We, Me and you, we were really high on them, but we weren't alone. Mm -hmm. Everybody was high on Arkansas Razorbacks, and, and they kind of they really fell short of that. So when you're looking at that schedule, brother, I, I think – there's not going to be a lot of noise right out of the gate. I think they're going to just go out and do their job, you know, put their hard hat on, go in there and clean up. But that week four against LSU, that's the opportunity to, to, to let the country know that this team needs to be taken 
seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's it's what it boils down to. It was a close, ugly game last year, but I, I, I'm not expecting that this year. I'm expecting fireworks. And being at Death Valley, you go down there and you whoop them boys, then all of a sudden they're saying, okay, that is a Heisman candidate back there at quarterback. That is the best running back in the SEC. So you, we could talk all we want, Mike, but <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> Sam, it's time to put up or shut up, man. And Sam will be the first to tell you that it's 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 go time. Yeah. So we got one more. He says, "Man, this is a tough ass team. This is exactly what Sam Pittman wants from his Razorback team right here." You practice for two weeks. You got two weeks for the opener, so you kind of guess at a halfway point. Just how how do you feel about where, where you what you I guys have it. done? Where, I love where you the are. Team. They're they're physical. Uh, the heat was a little bit of a problem with emotions today. Uh, that we've got to get under control. We will, and uh, we got a good culture. We we I think our kids like each other. I think they love each other, and they play hard. And you're gonna win a lot of games being able to do that. We got a tough football team. Proud of them. So they're fighting out there on the practice field, Shane. That's when you know camp's hitting that point where. We're done. We're done going head to head. Yeah. Let's prepare to beat the hell out of Western Carolina here in a, a little over a week. You know what? Don't we all just want Sam's approval deep down inside? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if he pulled you over to the side and he says, Hey man, I'm proud of you. I mean, I would I would I could die right there and be happy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jade. Uh, next let's kick it all down to uh Kentucky where hey they sold out, Shane, season tickets for the season. I think it's one of the first times they've done that, maybe under Mark Stoops. But uh, so much hype, so much anticipation for the Kentucky Wildcats, and we're hyping them up again this year, Shane. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, I can't wait to – this is one of the teams that I really want to see because Kentucky just automatically gets overlooked and disrespected by a lot of people. But I don't think – they realize the talent on this roster. Yes, the offensive line was a train wreck last year. Will Levis was overhyped. I I love Devin Leary. I think they've got the offensive line corrected. Although, we'll get to a clip here in just a second, Shane. But Mark Stoops says, by God, we had to take out our best defensive lineman because he was just a game wrecker back there. So, maybe the offensive line isn't uh, as good as I anticipate they will be. But, uh, you know, how excited are you to watch Kentucky this fall? Oh, very man. This is because we we've in our mind we imagine what this program's going to look like. You know, you've seen Cohen's offense. You can pull up videos of of Leary, and you can watch Ray run at Vanderbilt. You know, it's like you could see all the pieces, but you just not seen it together. But you can imagine it, and I and in my mind, Mike, I don't know about you, but I think of a a, a, a freaking amazing offense you know just a, a mm -hmm. fun exciting offense the greatest show on turf at, at, at some point because you got you got the dudes you know you just need the offensive line to step up you need this defense to stay consistent and then all of a sudden you're looking at another 10 win season so there's a reason that these games are selling out mike because they see what we think you know what i'm saying and mm -hmm. i can't wait to see them in action well, let's kick it over to Mark Stoops and Shane, who, again, this comment got me a little nervous, but maybe it's just because that damn All-American they got on the on the defensive line, uh, Walker, is just that good. On that D-line, how does it help going up against guys like that every day? It, it helps a lot. Uh, there's Big Dion over there. 
Done deal. And I had to throw you out of the scrimmage today so we could get a playoff. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> so yeah, he's been a he's been a force. Um, so uh, he's hard to deal with. But uh, but the, overall, all those guys are playing better. Coach, going back to the offensive line, a couple weeks back you said it's so much more about physicality, but also creativity as well. Are you seeing that in your guys? And yeah, there, there's no question. I mean, Liam and the staff do a great job. They present problems. Um, you know, there's a rhyme and a reason for everything that we do, and and uh, so it puts stress on the defense. It's not just pure physicality, getting off the ball. It, you know, obviously that has to be there, and uh, you need to be physical at the point of attack. Just like I mentioned earlier, you have to win one-on-ones and get some movement, but also you could – create stress with the defense with just uh, eye candy, motion shifts, you know, things of that nature. And they do a nice job of tying things together. So Shane, I wanted to ask you, have you ever been thrown out of practice for being too dominant? <laughs> no, no, I've been thrown out of meetings for being too loud. You know, I guess <laughs> that's the closest thing, but Hey, coach looks good. Don't he? You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know if you noticed it, but he's cutting some LBs, huh? Mm, we got him. A, got him we, a convertible Corvette. Anybody see him? <laughs> <laughs> We're about to say we need to get on his plan. You know what? Yeah, absolutely, man. Nutrisystem's working for Coach. But I, <laughs> hey, man, this is this is music to my ears. And 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 again, if you have a defense, especially at defensive front, Kentucky's got some some beast up there, mm-hmm. and that's that's what this team needs because we're worried more about the offensive line. So if they get that kind of competition in, in practice, it's going to make those guys better. So when we get back into SEC play, so uh, yeah, this is this is music to my ears, man. Well, Shane, you know what's music to my ears, and that's GameTimeSidekicks.com. Head on over to GameTime Sidekicks, get you a little memorabilia like this. Here we got all sixteen, Shane. We're counting Texas and Oklahoma already. All sixteen SEC teams represented. Over at Game Time Sidekicks, they got sippy cups for the little ones, dog bowls for for your dog, or just them UGA fans out there. Head on over to GameTimeSidekicks.com. Promo code SEC will get you 20% off your entire order. We cannot uh, recommend Game Time Sidekicks any more than we do. They've been back with the show now for two seasons. Promise you will not be disappointed in your game time sidekicks gear. And again, it helps the podcast. So head on over and at the checkout SEC for 20% off your entire order. The podcast is also sponsored by Manscaped, Shane. But we already getting comments. Shane needs that Manscaped razor pretty bad. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to hand deliver it to him here in a couple of days when I move in next door. But uh, Manscaped.com, promo code SEC, same promo code, same deal, Shane, 20% off. Your entire order over at manscaped.com, promo code SCC, and they got the Beard Hedger Pro right now. It's an entire kit. You will not be disappointed. Manscaped back for another season as a sponsor of the show. It really helps us out. If you guys want a gift for someone, you you know, your father, grandfather, just friend, or just get a gift for yourself, really help. We didn't, I mean, yeah. who knows? Who knows? I mean, I don't want to say. It. I didn't want to throw that out there, but thank you, Shane, for doing it for me. Head on over to Manscaped.com, promo code SEC, twenty percent off your entire order and free shipping. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real. Brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 
5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Shay. So, next on the docket here, I wanted to talk some Florida Gators, Shay, where, hey, they're kicking off soon as well. I mean, with the big game, Utah, and all the buzz, Shay. Everyone keeps hyping up them Gators, Shane. Same thing we've been saying all offseason when it comes to that Utah game. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on Utah, Shane. Well, their starting quarterback, still not cleared. He's he's not practiced at all. Their backup, Shane, unfortunately for him, he got knocked out, out for the season with some kind of injury. So Utah is currently down to their third quarterback. And last year, Shane, they got these two standout tight ends. One's off to the NFL. The yeah. other one, preseason All-American, he is yet to be cleared. I, I don't know the specifics of his injury status, but, I mean, two of their best players that may not play in an opener that's that's right around the corner with them Florida Gators. Un- unfortunately for the Gators, though, they did have some injury news themselves. Cam Carroll, transfer, I believe from Tulane, Shane. The third running back, he was tearing it up down there. He was having a big scrimmage. Yeah. when uh, he was lost for the season, unfortunately, due to injury. But, you know, uh, at Florida, one position you could kind of right. have a, have an injury, not kill you, is that running back. So there's that side of the coin. But, uh, man, buzz is growing, particularly yeah. for a freshman, Eugene Wilson, Shane, who had a 50-yard touchdown in the latest scrimmage here for the Gators. So, hey, there's some hype. There's some optimism in Gainesville. How are you feeling mm-hmm. about them Gators heading into the opener against Utah? Better, better. I mean, we don't like injuries. I get it. But down two quarterbacks, down tight end. I mean, (laughs) but hey, I will say, brother, you want to shock the nation. You want to punch the nation. You want to punch media in the mouth. Well, then you go out and you beat Utah (laughs) because no one, no one is is predicting you to do this. They're saying, hey, listen, third string quarterback, that don't matter. Utah's going to win. No tight end, doesn't matter. Utah's going to win. Bullshit. Uh, bullshit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you keep saying that. You keep missing a couple of key pieces. Florida travels well. They go up there and they beat you, and then all of a sudden people are, are, are scrambling. What, what's, what's going on? Florida's this supposed to be another year before they're good. So, hey, man, I'm, I'm buying in the hype myself. This is going to be the biggest damn team Utah's ever seen. I'll show you that. Yeah. Well, here's what uh, – 
Oh, wait, I'm wrong one. Danny here was one of our top commenters last week, Shane. This is exactly what you're probably thinking. The Gators need to beat Utah so the Vols can get a free ranked <laughs> win. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love it. I love it. The The, the talking's already started, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see it in my mentions. Anytime I mention a team, another team comes in. You know, it's just we're we're right at each other and – and that's why we love this college football so much, Mike. And it's it's here, baby. It is football season. Yeah. And here's Billy Napier, Shane, on how game ready his Gators are going into the season opener against Utah on the road. Game ready. I know you got a couple weeks to go, but do you feel like you're you're getting really close to it? You know, I think it's an individual player question. You know, I think. Um, I think that's probably the way I would assess it more than the team. You know, I think the the individuals make up the team. You know, the collective effort of each individual. I think there's a lot of players on our team that are veteran, that are experienced, uh, and understand what will be expected of them and what it's going to be like. But we have a huge group of players that haven't played a ton of football. You know, so um, I think we we need to refine our game. You know, I think as we get our legs back underneath us, uh, as we narrow the installation, and that's kind of what I'm describing when I say attention to detail. I think the, overall we've made significant progress. Um, but I think, you know, it's all about game planning and knowing the plan and then going and executing the plan. Billy hates media, don't he? <laughs> don't he? <laughs> I mean, golly, you know he's doing a million times more in the locker room, but he does not save it for us, that's for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, they're in the perfect spot, Shane. I mean, if they go out there and they lose to Utah, everybody will say, yeah, this is what was expected. They go over here and they get a win. I don't care if it's by one point. 90% yeah. of the fan, non-Florida fans I'm talking about here will say, I got it. Like, what? They'll make excuses. Well, Utah this, Utah that. They will praise the Gators for getting that done. But the schedule suits up well, Shane, if they can beat Utah, host Tennessee, that Kentucky game. That's the big one there in a couple weeks. But, again, I've said it and I'll say it again, Shane, if they can beat Utah, and that's that's an if, no reason they can't be 5-1 and one in the first six, which I think any true Florida fan would sign up for that if I told them they were going to be 5-1 and one a couple months ago. Can you bring that schedule up again? You're saying yes, five sir. and one? Yes, sir. I mean, Utah, I mean, that's that's tricky on the road. McNeese at home, Tennessee oh. at home, Charlotte at home, at Kentucky, and Vanderbilt at home. Well, see, I thought maybe they moved that Tennessee at the end of the schedule or something. I was just trying to figure out <laughs> where you were getting them. Fight. No, I'm just kidding. Calm down, Gators well, even, fans. Even if it is they lose to Tennessee, I mean, Kentucky, I'm not – that's not an automatic loss for the Gators. No, no, no. I, I'm telling you, brother. Florida Gator. This is what they're going to make it. You, you, you made you hit the nail on the head. The first few wins that that Florida Gators gets, there's going to be an excuse asterisk beside it. Well, because of this, or because of that. If this didn't happen, and then all of a sudden you're looking at six wins, seven wins. You're like, damn, Billy. Billy's on it. This is it. Uh, we, we we thought that next year was our year, but we have made it. So, 
yeah, I think there's a reason that the Gator fans are happy. And I don't know if it's just me overreacting to every video I see come out of Gainesville, but they, you know, to think that they don't have talent on that roster, you're crazy. They have got some monsters up front on offense and defense. They got two of the best running backs in the game. If Mertz is half of what I think he could be, brother, they can win all, like you said, six, five, six games right out of the gate there. So you do that, and then all of a sudden people are patting you on your back saying, I was a fan all along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now we praise the the positive part, Shane, but we got to keep it real too. They are dangerously thin at some yeah. critical positions, and that includes quarterback where Jack Miller's been banged up. And it sounds like they've not outright said this yet, Shane, but – Walk on, Micah Leon. Do you do you even know what position he is? I I don't think you'd guess this in a million years. I because I didn't. I never heard his name till today. No, I have no idea. He's likely the backup quarterback. Is a walk on. <laughs> so again, I'm not sitting here making fun of him or anything like that. But that's just to illustrate what happens if Graham Mertz gets injured, or yeah, or, you know, what if he's got to set out a, a couple series, or or what? Ha- anything can happen. It's not just quarterback. It's there are spots on this roster where we were dangerously, dangerously thin. We've got to and, – and there's just – you know, this is a game where is unkind to rosters that are thin potentially. So that is something yeah. – I don't want to say a house of cards, but it's almost like phew, you pull the wrong piece out. I mean, could, disaster could strike. So that is something we got to keep in the back of our mind as well. No, I get it, Mike. I mean, that's that's college football. That's all football, man. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I last year I had uh, Dalvin Cook's backup for all all my roster for fantasy football because Dalvin Cook always gets hurt. Well, guess what? Dalvin Cook did get hurt once last year, and I was stuck with a roster position wasted. So, but I'm I'm saying all that say this: ifs and buts, candies and nuts. We'd all have wonderful Christmas. So, yes, can injuries happen? Absolutely. Are they have they been happening down there in Florida? Absolutely. So, but there's also that chance it doesn't happen, and then merch is there the entire season. So I get, I get your, I get your, 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 I've your voiced frustration there with the with the depth chart, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, Shane. Next, let's talk some South Carolina, where they had a scrimmage over the weekend as well. Shane, by the, timeout. By the way, mm-hmm. live version. I would have told Mike to pause. I'd grab another beer and I'd come out with a better sentence there, but we can't do that on live. So you're going to get raw Shane here. Oh, <laughs> uh, South Carolina Shane scrimmage over the weekend. Sounds like Rattler's still slinging it on a hot streak. Love to hear that going into this big opener against North Carolina primetime game. That's going to be probably the game I'm most intrigued about on Saturday. Maybe not necessarily the entire week one, but on Saturday, in the night slot. Can't wait to see that. But what's your thoughts on this, Shane? To carry on Joyner, sounds like he has cemented himself as a starting running back for the Gamecocks, who, of course, he's played receiver and quarterback and all over the field. So, I mean, multi-talented guy. I'm not, this is not a knock on him, but maybe, you know, it says something about the, the state of, of South Carolina's roster at certain spots. Trey Knox back in practice. He scored a touchdown in the scrimmage. And uh, they, they also added a player. I'll get to that in just a minute. But what's it say to you about the Gamecocks that to carry on Joyner expected to be their starting running back uh, this fall? Um, I mean, a little worried, obviously. Um, you, you like to have you like to have those bruisers back there, and I'm sure they they're gonna have they're gonna be okay when it's all said and done. But now you got two 
I don't want to call them. I don't want to call them gimmicks. What would the word be like? Uh, just those like types. A gadget player. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. And, and, mm-hmm. and at sometimes, if you use it right, I, I think of games like like the Saints back in the day with Darren Sproles or uh, the Chiefs with 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 Charles. It's like if you if you use that side of it, all of a sudden you got an extra receiver out of the backfield. So I think it'd be good and bad, but but how many hits can he take between the tackles? That's that's my only concern because uh, that's a that's a position that <laughs> they're going to need to be physical at times. Yeah. So one of the commenters, Shane uh, Toady Culp, says cousin Shane he's a beer girl. How can, how can we get can we get that going somehow? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. <laughs> you know, my wife tells her to grab me a beer. We'll see how that goes. You'll see husband abuse immediately. <laughs> but I did want to give a mention to this as well, Shane. So South Carolina, I didn't even know you could add this late in the, in the calendar here, but they added, uh, must have been someone that was already in the portal, graduate transfer, Drew, I'm going to butcher this, to Zama. He was uh, UAB. He's an edge rusher, Shane. He was uh, All Conference USA last season. He's he's played with uh, Syracuse Community College, but six foot five, two hundred seventy five pound uh, defensive end that South Carolina add. This will help on the line of scrimmage, obviously, and, and I, I believe he's eligible immediately. So, a little boost of the depth there. I mean, wouldn't we all love a, a boost to our roster right before uh, you know week of uh, kicking off the season here? Yeah, that and I think that's what we're going to have with South Carolina. A couple of dudes you've never heard of before, and then all of a sudden they're key contributors in that roster. So uh, they're, they're riddled with with no names. I don't want to call them no names because it's just no names outside of Columbia. You know that if you're just having a conversation about South Carolina football, you know you you may not be bringing this name up, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, he. <laughs> Did you see Saturday? He had, you know, X amount of tackles or uh, I'm looking at you tight ends, you know, so it, there's, there's going to be some of that with South Carolina this year. And that's what makes them so exciting. Yeah. Well, the final team I wanted to uh, reference here, Shane is Tennessee. We got, we got to talk Tennessee with you here. Mike yeah. Eckler, you threw this. Uh, I think you shared this comment with me like two, two, three times. This I've sent you like 10 Eckler videos <laughs> and this is the one that made it. So I don't know which one it is. All right. So let's kick it over to him. The culture that um, I hype in, and everyone has created in this building. It's been phenomenal on teams and we're only going to continue to be better. And the standard around here, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Standards to be the damn best. And, and we're never stopping. There you go, Shane. The standard is to be the best there on Rocky Top. And, and hell, I mean, they were pretty damn good last year. They they exceeded my expectations. If they do that again, maybe a championship is in their near future. Yeah, I like his crazy bastard. He's he's wild, man. <laughs> you got to have a wild one there doing special teams. So, hey, uh, this this is this is ringing across. This is what we we see in out of Knoxville. Uh, th- these kids have bought in. This isn't, you know, St. Papaw's balls, you know. Well, maybe close. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> 90s were a while ago. Maybe there's some Papaw's running around. But getting back to physical play, you know, being exciting and, and never you, – you, there's no final destination. Like, you just got to keep climbing that mountain. And I think that's what the Tennessee Valdehers are going to continue to do. Yeah. Uh, well, Shane, as we wrap up here, I mean, you got anything, uh, you know, any lingering questions, lingering concerns as we inch closer to game week? Again, Vanderbilt will be playing in less than a week. Uh, Florida, Missouri, 
not long after on Thursday and so many games Saturday, of course, a big one. What is it? Sunday evening, LSU, Florida State. So many great games. Any Anything on your mind as we inch closer to this SEC football season? Well, I mean, there's a lot, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's. I could stay up at night thinking about little things that that probably have no impact on the game. But I, I'm going into this one. I, I just starting the season is. I, I want to see Vanderbilt come out and kick some ass. You know what I'm saying? It, we got to see it a little bit last year. That it, it just is the start of the season you know and and it's like a black eye if you come out zero and one so can't have can't have that i I think part of part of me just wants to see you know uh again another 30 40 point win and uh just to kick off this sec season but other than that yeah man i could sit down and talk hours about shit i'm worried about this coming up here (laughs) but uh, mainly my gambling habits you know what i'm saying it's like (laughs) Everybody's not wanting me to pick their team and everything, and I'm like, golly, I gotta lock this down. So, but other than that, man, I'm just I'm just pumped up that college football's here, man. Well, last season in, during the opening, SEC went 13 and one. The only loss was LSU, and I'm just talking week one. Right? Is the SEC? Do they do better than that this this season? Oh yeah, undefeated man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, by a wide margin. So I can't wait to do uh, the obviously game time uh, picks and predictions. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to that, man. It's been a while. I'm li- I haven't been gambling. I, I just I, I, you know, I did a little bit of like I found myself in a rabbit hole, Mike, and I'm like gambling on cricket and shit. I ain't even watching the thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, I got to pull back the reins and just keep it to college football. So I'm looking forward to it, man. That's called a problem, Shane. You, you no, may no, have no. a problem. Yeah. Well, clearly I'm an addict, Mike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm addicted to a lot of stuff. But, uh, no, the, the I'm ready. I'm just ready to play and, and watch some college football with you. Are there any games that uh, that stand out just off the top of your head during the opening weekend that you're – I know you just said undefeated, but are there any that you're most concerned about or anything like that? Uh, well – it's the South Carolina one for me, man. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina. I, that's that's the one I've got circled, and it's just such a kickoff for that season. And it could be, it could be, you know, it could be the championship run. You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. could come out and just destroy North Carolina, and all of a sudden, it's not South Carolina is not a well, you got lucky at the tail end of last season kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? This is mm-hmm. a continuation of that, and they have arrived and, and that they should be real contenders. And then now we're circling that Georgia game. We're saying, hey, we can't just – this ain't an easy win, you know. This is going to be a this going to be a dogfight. I, I just – out of all the games, maybe Florida-Utah would be another good one. But those, those two in particular, I, I'm – I can't wait to see because it's really going to let us know where we are as a conference. I think. Is there any uh, week one game shade that uh, you know there, there's the high profile ones and there's not a ton this year, so there's a lot of like cupcake type teams. Yeah, right out the gate. Is there one that you're not predicting to lose? We're not saying that, but. You know, we could get to maybe like a third quarter, maybe the start of the fourth, and it's like a one-score game, and we're like, "What the hell's going on over here? What, what is there a team that you could see that happening to? I, you know, maybe they'll blow them out in the fourth quarter, but uh, I, I'm just saying, yeah. could 
again, disappoints maybe the get off to a slow start is kind of what I'm asking you. Which team would would be the least surprising that they have a slow start week one? Least surprising. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to count, you know, Florida here. I'm not going to count South Carolina. Those those aren't those aren't cupcake matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the back of your mind, you're always worried a little bit about Texas A&M just yeah. because of what we saw last year. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, but you know, that did carry over a little bit. Um, yeah. But you know, honestly, it's this Tennessee Virginia game for me, <laughs> and, and and I I know I know everybody's told me how shitty Virginia is and all that stuff, but it's it's like that. It's games like that that you think about the Dooley days and the and the Butch Jones days, and it's like all of a sudden we're two three quarters into it, and we're like, why are we just winning by? seven you know why are we just winning by 10 i don't get that i don't think that happens but it's that battered vol syndrome you know where you're just like <laughs> you know it could happen so that's I, out of all of them that's the one obviously i'm I'm a little maybe more worried than others uh as far as cupcake games so we you heard it here folks first folks new mexico's <laughs> winning in kyle field according to cousin oh, shane not me that's, that's just cousin shane i'm not saying that but you know how many games did they have last year, year before? And I think of like the Colorado game. I think of, yeah. uh, hell, just plug and play any of the games last the Sam year. Sam Houston last year. Yeah. Right? It's just like, what what is going on here? I don't understand it. So I don't think that happens. And and I hope what they do is, especially Texas A&M, is that they, they just blow the doors off. You know what I'm saying? Just a 67, just score as many, try to get a hundred. And mm-hmm. you could do that. I think that would make this fan base. I mean, they would be on cloud nine. They'd be carrying Bobby out. You know, they'd be, <laughs> he'd have three brand new Harleys out in his driveway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like they, he'd be set for life. So, Hey, uh, that's, that's what we all want to see is we don't want to see it. There's that always that opportunity that the, that these teams kind of sputter out of the gate. We just want to see our teams come out and perform and and uh, so. But as far as games I'm concerned about, none really. But if I'm leaning <laughs> one, Tennessee and uh, Texas A&M, those are my yeah. games. Well, buddy, I guess that's all we got on this episode. We've reached an hour. So again, another live show. Appreciate everybody showing up. And uh, man, this was fun. And remember, we're gonna be doing this every Sunday. 5 Central, 6 Eastern time. And we're also going to be doing it uh, probably the same time. We haven't ironed out the times yet, but we're going to do our our weekly picks on Thursday. We're going to be doing it live, just like we're doing this one here. And the next time we do one of these, Shay, we are going to be in the same room. So I'm looking forward to that, too. No, hell yeah, man. I can yell yell at you to go get me a beer when I'm doing all the talking here. I'll be like, keeping busy. Just put the camera on me and then, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, man, hanging out, drinking some cold beer, watching some football. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Don't forget that next Netflix thing. I think that's going to be really cool. Uh, You know, the Johnny Menzel was good, if you guys Mm -hmm. haven't checked that out. But any little thing like that just to kind of get you pumped up for college football is worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, and I believe this one's a lot longer. I know that was the only complaint a lot of the people had with the Johnny Manziel. It kind of cut short. Yeah. This Florida one is apparently a four-parter. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I get, I would imagine four hours or something yeah. like that. I hope they don't hold anything back, Mike, because we all, we've all heard some well, stories. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I will leave it there. I don't want to say anything on a live show to get me in trouble, but I do right. appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. All the cousins out there tuning in live, 
We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.